This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. All right, hour two is here, and uh, Bob Alderman joining us now. Bob, welcome back. Rush to Reason. How are you, sir? Hi, John. Thanks for having me aboard. Always a joy having you. Uh, you Again, you've been on with us before. You're a regular contributor to The New American, and appreciate you joining us today. And it's not any, you know... I guess the only way that somebody may not know about what happened uh, last Monday night into Tuesday is they were living in some cave in some foreign land. But anybody in the United States of America pretty much knows what happened last week, correct? Yes. And uh, my take on it is that they just elected Trump president in 2024 with this outrageous attack on his home in Palm Beach. We've had similar discussions here along those lines, and again, this is why why we wanted to have you on and talk through some of this. I I for one feel like this has been a huge you know a toe stubbing, I guess you could say. I don't think that they. I, I guess first off, I don't really know. There's schools of thought, different ones on what their you know ultimate goal was in doing all of this. But I, I'm one that says whatever that original school of thought is, it didn't go as planned, and this thing is not going the direction they want it to. Well, the Newsweek has uh, granted anonymity to a, a long-term 30-year veteran of the FBI who says exactly the same thing. Uh, it was an effort, he says, to keep the raid low-key that this was designed to be under the radar and while Trump was out of town. Instead, it prompted what he said, a furious response from GOP leaders. What a spectacular backfire, he said. Uh, They wanted to punctuate the fact that this was a routine law enforcement action. Uh, The assumption is that nobody would pay attention after all. Mr. Trump is just a common, ordinary citizen and... uh, we all know that he was uh, keeping this stuff illegally, and uh, it was just routine. And that's why they spent 10 hours and 30 agents at his place in Mar-a-Lago. Uh, but they uh, thought they could sneak it in. It says here they thought that denying the former president a photo op or a plat- platform from which to grandstand uh, would lower their profile, is a quote from this uh, veteran. Well, as you well know, and so many else, it was a spectacular backfire. And it really, in my opinion, capped a wonderful week for uh, President Trump, uh, the former president, soon to be new president. Uh, and when you we, no, we agree. I, I think you're, you're spot on. My, my co-host, Andy, who's with me on Tuesdays, his feeling all along has been that 
this was actually part of the Democrats' plan. Not all of the Democrats, because there's a lot of Democrats that just can't stand Donald Trump and not want to ever see him again. In fact, there's many of them that, you know, he could fall off the face of the earth, and most of them would re- would literally rejoice publicly about that. And I mean that sincerely. They really would. But I think there's also some that are very methodical. And, and Andy's point of view, Bob, is that, is that the Demo- you know the hardcore Democrats that that know how to run elections and so on feel like they've got a better chance of beating Donald Trump than they do of anybody else in the Republican Party, especially a DeSantis. So his feeling is that they basically did this on purpose to pump Trump up so that they would run against him. What are your thoughts? I don't think so. Again, uh, he has perhaps different uh, views than I do. Uh, uh, Andrew Yang, you may remember, the far-left Democrat who ran for... Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I do. Democrat. I do. Yes. He, he's a, here's a quote. This raid strengthens that case for millions of Americans who will see this as an unjust persecution and that Trump is the victim. Uh, there's a guy over at Politico who said he will be reelected president, hands down. This will prove to be, quote, the greatest law enforcement mistake in history. And Alyssa Griffin over at CNN said that the Department of Justice just handed Donald Trump the Republican nomination and potentially the presidency. If it's seen as some sort of massive overreach and not something serious, this is a very good day for Donald Trump, unquote. And I, again, I don't I don't disagree with any of them in that. The question, again, I, deep down inside, I... And I'm torn, Bob. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I, I think you know Andy, my cohort, very, very wise, very smart, knows politics, you know, really better than I, as far as out there do. On the same token, I, I just, in my own, you know, in my own heart of hearts, in my own gut, I just have a hard time believing that anybody on the upper echelon of the Democrat Party would want to see Donald Trump around any longer. And all they did with what they just did was make him around for another four years. Well, I think they were taking a. a, a they made a, made a choice. Uh, they thought that with 15 boxes of this alleged material that's been he's been keeping secret down at his place, they could find something in there or perhaps create something in there that would uh, cause uh, them to charge him with violating a law, a uh, federal statute, that said that uh, keeping this under wraps would not only re- subject him to a fine, but to uh, prevent him from ever holding public office again. It was a Clinton lawyer, uh, Mark Elias, who blew the whistle on that. And that is a spectacular overreach. But they figured it was possible and worth the risk that if they could get him convicted in a thing like that, uh, that would uh, secure their comfort zone and keeping him out of the White House forever. Mm -hmm. Only fly in that ointment is that that identical federal law, that statute, was applied to Hillary Clinton and her 33,000 missing emails, Mm -hmm. and it was ruled at the time that they could not uh, apply that to her because she was not appointed, she was not an officer of the government. She had been, uh, uh, and Trump would, in fact, not be... uh, a subject under that law because of the way it was written, that it only applied to uh, uh, appointing, uh, what is it, officials, that's the word, officials, officials of the federal government, and that a president uh, and uh, Hillary in her position would not be subject to the hmm. law. 
So here they are running up a, a, a false flag um, and showing, you know, Mark Elias said, well, I know that, but it was still worth the risk. That mm-hmm. isn't a quite an exact quote, but uh, that was where they were headed. They wanted to... Uh, apply some sort of uh, sanction on him to keep him from running. From yeah, well, that, that I do believe. Yeah, I think you're correct on that one. Uh, talk about the confidential informant. There's, of course, in the news, there's not going to be anything about this because nobody, you know, no, the mainstream media is not going to talk about this at all. But talk about the confidential informant that was actually, you know, told the FBI where the documents were, when he would be gone, and so on. Uh, do we know who that person is yet? Not yet. Uh, Newsweek made reference to him just as, uh, again, this uh, anonymous quote, a confidential informer told the FBI what documents he was hiding and where they were. Uh, But again, that doesn't wash either because uh, the best information I have is that the FBI already knew where those documents Mm -hmm. were. Yeah, he wasn't hiding anything. In fact, there had been, this is pretty public knowledge, Bob. There had been some discrepancies back and forth. There always is with a vacating president out of the White House as far as which ones, you know, which documents go with him and which ones stay behind. That's a, you know, Obama spent $30 million fighting the archives over things along those lines. So this isn't new. Everybody knew where these things were. I don't know what you need an informant for when they knew that what they were was inside of them anyways. Yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to um, uh, give some credit on the air to a writer uh, in the same group that I'm in with over at the New American. Uh, here's a young man. Uh, he's uh, 50 years my junior, and he has written a wonderful article about the FBI raid and how it has awakened the GOP. Mm. He says there is a silver lining in it is that it's a wake-up call to many on the right, I'm quoting now from him, yeah. about how dangerous the feds have become to our freedom. Yep. And consequently, he quotes, the, group, the GOP is now unifying around President Trump. Uh, that, I think, is a very positive thing. And, of course, the Liz Cheney disaster, the fact that Trump, what is it, the last count, 92% of those he's endorsed have won their yep. Uh, yep. Well, and if you look uh, at the folks that were against him, as far as impeachment goes, uh, there's only two left. All the rest of them have gone by the wayside, either decided not to run again or have been ousted out of office like Liz Cheney was this week. The reality is that didn't bode well for their careers, Bob. Yeah, rat, rats leak, leaving a sinking ship uh, comes to mind. Yep. Uh, Cash Patel. Yep. Uh, We've interviewed in Cash many times. Yeah, well, I love him. Great, great guy. And he was on uh, Sebastian, visiting with uh, Sebastian Gorka. And uh, Gorka asked him, he says, explain to me what logic could you raid a president's home if he still has the highest clearance? And Cash said, you can't. Hmm. Within the logic of politics, the Department of Justice has become the Department of Politics. Right. And so has the FBI. And then he says, there's a two tiers of justice. The Democrats enjoy the higher one and uh, Trump the lower one. He said, uh, what about the 30 million pages of information that Barack Obama has at his home, a lot of which is classified and hasn't released a single one to the National Archives? He goes on to say, they're not raiding Obama's home. They're not raiding Bush's home. They're not raiding Jimmy Carter's home. They're not raiding Bill Clinton's home. This is hypocrisy of the two-tier system of justice, full display. And the reason why I think there's a wake-up call, not only among 
uh, the GOP, Bob, but I think it's happening among independents as well. The hardcore left, you know, they're never going to wake up. They're they're in their own. They live in their own world, their own unreality, which is which is fine. But the, you know, the other seventy, you know, seventy seventy five percent of Americans that are out there, I do think this is a big wake up call to them because I think what they're looking at is, wait a minute, if this can happen to somebody like Donald Trump, yes. you know, what keeps the FBI from doing this to anyone else they want to? Mm-hmm. Uh, remember George Orwell's Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. And the uh, pigs uh, took over from the farmers and ran their own society. And uh, they uh, adopted some puppies, as I remember from the movie, very distinctly. And then the puppies grew up to be attack dogs. And I'm thinking that's exactly what's going on with the FBI, uh, that this uh, has been weaponized uh, to turn against the American people. Well, and Bob, I talked about this a couple of days ago, and I, I, I'm not trying to say it's the same FBI today that it was, but I do think at its roots and at its core and what it was designed to do, uh, J. Edgar Hoover, honestly, Bob, you know, this was, he, he's, he's, he's joyous today. This is exactly the FBI he designed some 60 plus years ago. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Well, it sure looks like it. I mean, he Sean. did the same thing. He he, he used yeah. the FBI as a political weapon against his his enemies. I don't. How's this any different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotten more sophisticated. It's, thank you. That's all that's happened. And again, I, and I'm not saying, and I've said this before, that you know, are there some good agents in the FBI? Yeah. Although Bob, I'm going to tell you that I think that percentage continues to drop because the more of the of the nonsense, and that's what I'm going to call it, the more of the nonsense we see that goes on day in and day out, and it even goes down to the low-level FBI agents that agree to do some of these things and agree to do the raids. If I had had an FBI jacket on, an FBI, you know, the, the letters across the back of my my back, and I was wearing that, that uniform, and they had told me to go do this to Donald Trump, I'd have said, I'm, I'm done. Sorry, guys. Find somebody else. This ain't happening. Yep. Not on my watch. Yeah. I think you're right. The good guys... You know, they see what's going on and are finding reasons to leave early retirements and so on. How, Bob, how could you stay? I mean, if you really, if you're somebody like you and I, and you work for the FBI, and you believe wholeheartedly in, in this country, you know, the God-given right for us to have what we have and the freedoms that he granted us through our founding fathers, if you believe in all of that, how could you work for them? We're a vanishing breed, John. We are. You know, you're you're right. We wouldn't. Why we wouldn't even be working for the FBI in any. That's any true. Case. Good point. We would be doing what you were doing. We're being entrepreneurs. Good point. Uh, taking risks. Good point. Now, you are correct in that one. Got me. Sorry, you got me. You know, you you are you are hundred <laughs> percent correct. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, good point. Bob, uh, how do folks find you at the New American and and the other article as well? Mention both. How they find you and that other article you mentioned a moment ago. Well, uh, go to thenewamerican.com. Uh, we've got a stable of about 20 writers, and some of them are simply amazing, including this young man, Luis Miguel. Uh, I'm, when I grow we've up, actually John, interviewed Luis before. He's, he's a great man. You're exactly right. No, we've interviewed him. When I grow up, I want to be just like him. Yeah, yeah. And so thenewamerican.com. Awesome. For those who just want my stuff, uh, I republish what they publish, onto my own website, which is lightfromtheright.com. Awesome. And then you get more adamant than you can stand. Bob, thank you very much. Again, welcome anytime. Appreciate you joining us, sir.
Thank you, John. You bet. Have a great night. Affordable interest mortgage is next. Kurt's going to join us here at the top of the hour, by the way, so save any questions you have for him then. Text me those questions as well. I can get them answered. Our text line, 307-200-8222, or Kurt's direct line, 720-895-0500. Want to keep making your 30-year payment but own in 15 years? Want to be able to access your equity for future needs and not pay for it now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. We have been showing Coloradans how to own their home in less time without changing their 30-year payment. Home values are at the highest in their history. Take advantage of being able to access your equity for 10, 20, 30 years without making payments now. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Worried about inflation? Everything getting too expensive? Learn how to be able to access your equity without having to refinance and pay closing costs over and over and over. Do it once and you're good for 30 years. Affordable. Stop. Learn how to lower your total interest cost. 720-895-0500. Locally owned and operated since 2001. And where it's all about you is not just our motto, it's who we are. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA. Absolute Electrical. Again, the quiet, cool system. You hear me talk about it a lot. It does work. It'll save you money. And right now it's $300 off. 720-526-0231. It pays off to be cool when you make an investment with a quiet, cool fan system. You keep the heat away and get your money back in energy savings. You get a return on your energy efficiency when you get a quiet, cool system installed by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air that pays for itself with how much money you can save. Quiet Cool Systems save you between 50 and 90% on your air conditioning costs. The motor inside works efficiently to pull hot, stuffy air out of the house and replace it with clean, fresh air. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, whole house fans, including your new Quiet Cool, are the most energy efficient way to cool your home. With the energy savings from your Quiet Cool installation done by the experts at Absolute, you'll be paying yourself back for years to come. Invest in energy efficiency now. Call today at 720-526-0231. Mention KLZ and you'll get a $300 rebate when your install is completed. Again, that's 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next. Again, they're looking for help. Uh, Plumbers, they've got an apprentice program office help, warehouse help, but also they would love to take care of any plumbing need that you've got, and that includes the freshwater side or the waste side. Either way, they're there to help you with whatever you need in your home, and it's an easy it's an easy phone call, 877-WE-HI-5, or go to klzradio.com. Your main drain, a.k.a. your sewer, is crucial to your well-being and the state of your home. And when your main drain line is out of commission, the timely and quality completion of the work becomes your top concern. That's why you can't just trust anyone with a project so important. High Five Plumbing makes effort to prove that you can trust them. Their service techs go through three different trainings in a week, one general, one technical, and one service-based. They ensure their techs for your peace of mind. When you need to replace your sewer line, making the decision of what company to go with is high stakes. High Five Plumbing puts their principles in action showing you reasons to trust them instead of telling. Don't wait until your drains are backed up, you smell sewage, or your home is damaged by leaking pipes. Call High Five Plumbing, 877-934-4445 or 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. 
putting reason into your afternoon drive. This is John Rush. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. And this is a topic that I'll probably just touch on here and come back to it after our next break because we went long with Bob, but I wanted to get his thoughts on all of what was involving the, uh, the Trump raid last week. Wokeism. This was sent to me by a listener, but I want to dovetail some things into this. And this is the listener's words, not mine. Wokeism is threatening the safety of passengers in England, especially with airline flights. 60% of new pilots must not, keyword, must not be straight white males. Just like several of the U.S. airline companies recently declared that 50% of new pilots cannot be straight white males. So this wokeism, folks, when it's all said and done, if we're not careful, is going to cost us lives. I mean, literal lives, not not because of politics and things that it affects and so on. I mean, literally safety and the things that go along with it. I don't know about the rest of you. But when I hop on an airplane or any other type of transportation, for that matter, that I'm relying on someone else to get me from A to B, I don't care what they look like. Male, female, young, old. Honestly, I don't care. What I want to know is, are they qualified and do they have enough hours under their belt to be in charge of that? item they're operating, especially on an airplane. Are they qualified? I don't want discrimination in that arena, especially because I want the best person for the job flying the plane, not based upon their sexual orientation or the color of their skin or what's between their legs. I want who's best to fly the plane, period. Period. End of discussion. This whole wokeism is literally going to kill us if we, if we don't push back. How do we push back? Well, as Bob said earlier, we're doing that daily on this program. Those of you out there listening, though, you can push back as well. You can make phone calls, write letters, send emails. And, and then, by the way, it's not just to our... House of Representatives and Senators, state and federal, it's to companies themselves. It's to the sponsors of some of these companies as well. Okay? It's not just the company. It could very easily be the sponsors of a particular company, a program, a whatever it happens to be. So some of you think, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Actually, there is. Words have power, folks. And letting these individuals know what we really care about matters. Now, I'm not an airline pilot, and maybe these things can pretty much fly themselves. And as long as somebody can program things incorrectly on the front side, it really doesn't make any difference. But I doubt seriously if that's the case. Because I've known pilots, and I know there are times where autopilot's not good enough. I.e., the 737 MAX problem that happened around the world and not here. Okay, let me refresh everybody's memory on that one. There were, I believe, two planes, or was it three, Charlie, that went down overseas? I can't remember if it was two or three. I'd have to look it up. It might have been three. 
none here in the U.S. And the reason why we've had some of you that were pilots call in at that time and explain the reason we didn't have that in the United States is because, frankly, we have better pilots. Yeah, we do. Bragging. We have better pilots. We had pilots that understood how to get that airplane back under control when it experienced that particular situation that made that 737 MAX crash under other people's control. Foreign airline pilot control. And I'm, guys, this is not a racist comment. It just is what it is. I've talked to airline pilots before. I've talked to air traffic controllers. I've, I've watched videos. I've read things about this to where there are pilots in other countries that frankly probably shouldn't be in the sky. The airplane does the majority of the flying. If it wasn't for autopilot, auto takeoff, auto land, these guys wouldn't go from A to B. And I mean that sincerely. Pretty scary, actually. That's not the pilots in America. A lot of our pilots, by the way, have a lot of years under their belt. They're ex-Navy. They're ex-Air Force. They've, they've you know flown before, even entering into the airlines. I noticed today there's a big push at Frontier to hire pilots. No experience necessary. They'll do all the training. Now... I know that FAA and the rules and so on, that by the time they're ready to fly, they'll have enough hours and things under their belt to be a efficient, safe pilot. Although, will they have the experience of a Sully behind the stick? No, they won't. Sorry, folks, they won't. It's no different than any other occupation. The more you do it, the better at it you get. It's like Charlie running our board in here. I watch him. Just This is a great example. We have a lot of folks here at Crawford Broadcasting. There's a lot of newbies that run around. This is the way this radio world is. People come into it. People leave it. Charlie's a veteran. He's been here for a very long time, like myself. And it's almost daily somebody has some sort of an issue that requires somebody like Charlie with some veteran ability, capabilities, to move along and help fix the problem. And in turn... It keeps Charlie very busy. So I think Joe's calling in, and Joe's a pilot. I'm going to give Joe plenty of time. He can talk to this probably better than I because this is right up his alley. So hang tight. We'll talk to Joe in just a minute. Golden Eagle Financial is up next. And Al Smith wants to help you with all of your financial uh, planning, your future, retirement, getting there, staying there. And he's a financial advisor. He'll, he'd love to help you get there. KLZradio.com, 303-744-1128. A trustworthy advisor who is well-equipped to manage your assets before and after your retirement is essential in ensuring the longevity of your nest egg. Al Smith with Golden Eagle Financial has a fiduciary duty to act in your best interests, so he cannot allow his own motives to interfere with the satisfactory fulfillment of that duty. Al knows the stress of planning for retirement and the worry that comes along with the proper allocation of your wealth. Giving you affirmation is one of his top priorities when working with something as valuable as assets that in most cases took a lifetime to accumulate. So when you place a portion of your assets under management with Al Smith, you'll know your money is positioned well. Al Smith makes you feel safeguarded from potential situations that could affect your financial health regardless of your retirement status. Make an appointment with Al Smith now. Visit klzradio.com money or call Al Smith. At 303-744-1128. That's 303-744-1128.
Extreme Auto Repair folks, where they can take care of your vehicle. Don't forget, Cooper tires are at cost, and that can get done here before winter hits, which I know sounds like a long ways off, but there was a fresh dusting of snow last night in some of our upper peaks. So 303-841-1071 is the number, or klzradio.com. Thanks for restoring my faith in humanity. No more hopping from one mechanic to another, trying to find a solution for your vehicle's persistent issue. Extreme Auto Repair has a reputation for fixing problems quickly. You bring your Nissan to the dealer because of a rattling noise, they charge you $4,000. You still hear the noise. You bring the same vehicle to Extreme Auto Repair in Parker, where Sean and his team quickly discover a broken bolt in the subframe. A known Nissan failure they've seen many times before. Real stories like this one earn Extreme Auto Repair customers for life. As one woman exclaims in a recent five-star review, thanks for restoring my faith in humanity. The factory-trained technicians at Extreme Auto Repair stay up to date with the manufacturer data for your vehicle's specific make and model for quick and experienced problem-solving. Fill out the contract form now at klzradio.com extreme. K&R Home Transitions. Again, Kurt's going to join me at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk about the real estate market and where things are headed or what he sees things doing and where things are headed. In the meantime, if you need something specific when it comes to real estate, having a good realtor on your side, by the way, is the only way to do it. 720-437-8210. Two realtors for the price of one. That's Catherine and Robin. Again, K&R Home Transitions. Renting is not an investment. Catherine and Robin, co-founders of K&R Home Transitions, want you to focus on building your wealth through a home purchase. By continuing to rent from others, you're robbing yourself of an investment that gives you potential to grow your wealth. Equity is capital in your home, and you can build that equity up over time. You want to increase your financial worth, so why not also do that with your home too? With help from K&R Home Transitions, you can learn how to climb the property ladder to turn a profit. Once you're invested, you can use your equity to keep moving upward with help from Catherine and Robin at K&R Home Transitions. Get ideas that build the financial momentum of your home investment with experts like Catherine and Robin. So kick off your journey and start building your wealth wisely with K&R Home Transitions. Visit klzradio.com home to invest in your home. This is Rush to Reason. Brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush. Joe joining us now all the way from Jersey. Joe, by the way, thanks for listening. I know you've got a lot of choices and things you could do, especially on the East Coast where there's a gazillion different programs and so on, and yet for some odd reason you're still here, and we appreciate it very much. Um, My my pleasure, John. Thanks for being on the air. Uh, John, just in terms of my credentials for your listeners, I'm a licensed commercial pilot. I've got over 3,000 hours in my logbooks. I've flown a variety of different aircraft, uh, and a, quite a lot of it. A lot of it is high altitude, pressurized long haul. You know, here mm-hmm. in Denver, Chicago. Right. You know, Denver to New Jersey, back and forth. Um, so I want to say a couple of different things. When everything is going right, um, high altitude long distance flight is really boring as hell. When everything is going right. I mean, you, you set it up, you program the autopilot, you put it, you know, you, you hit the engage button, and for the next two and a half, three hours, you're basically just watching everything, making sure all the needles, you know, stay where they're supposed to stay. Um, the, the tough part of piloting is being able to recognize and deal with things when they aren't, when something yep. is not right. Number one, can you spot that something 
is not going right. Like when you do your pre-flight, is there a spot of fluid on the floor that doesn't that wasn't there yesterday? Mm-hmm. And what's that fluid? And what is it? Hydraulic fluid? Is it fuel? Is it engine oil? Why is it there? Where is it coming from? Um, step two, you have to do a absolutely perfect pre-flight. You need to check every system of that plane, the the pedostatic tube, the, the engine propellers, uh, landing gear, navigation equipment. Um, so a good, and I've seen really sloppy pilots. They basically open the door, jump in and go. Mm. Uh, you don't ever want to fly with that person. Um, you know, if they're not doing a, if they're not spending 15, 20 minutes pre-flighting the aircraft, don't get in the plane. With mm. them. Makes sense. Now, <clears throat> the, the, the training, you know, say you're going down the highway at 75 miles an hour and you blow a tire You've got a tenth of a second to react to that emergency. True. Well, that's the kind of things the pilots have to deal with. You know, what happens, you know, you suddenly, something happens, you know, you, 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 or you, all of a sudden you find yourself flying with ice. You've got ice building on the wings and the propeller. What do you do? How do you get out of it? You have smoke in the cockpit. You've got to get from 30,000 feet to the ground in two minutes. How do you do that safely mm, and put right. the plane on the ground? before it catches fire and everybody dies or dies of smoke. Or, you know, the example of Sully and the, you know, the engine flame outs because of the bird strike. I mean, things like that happen, Joe. They do. They absolutely do. By the way, my instructor, who is still my instructor, took a job six months ago. He's now flying right seat, which is second officer, or first officer, I guess they call it, for United, flying an Airbus 320 out of Denver. But he mm-hmm. still does instruction in the... Wow. And, you know, he was a great instructor. But, you know, all the time we'd go up... I would do regular flight reviews and refresher instructions, and we'd be tooling along, and all of a sudden, I'd, he'd say, what's that over there? Do you have me look out the left window? And while I'm looking out the left window, he'd reach over and pull the throttle back to dead idle and say, you just lost your engine. Where, what do you, you know, where are you going to land this plane? I mean, he'd literally do this up over Steamboat Springs someplace. Hmm. And I would have to demonstrate to him that in the next 90 seconds, I had enough wherewithal to just have a couple of things you have to do, which is, A, trim the plane to get what's called the best angle of glide so you can maximize your time in the air, you know, get the greatest mm-hmm. greatest glide ratio, pick a spot, set yourself up so you're landing into the wind. And we would do that on a regular basis, you know, practicing what's called engine out emergency landings. Um, you know, uh, your gear won't come down. What do you do? What are the checklist items? What are the things you can do to try to fix it? And if you can't fix it, how are you going to land with no gear? What if you get an unequal flap deployment? What if one flap, one flap comes down on one side and the other flap doesn't come down on the other side? What if you're in heavy, dense clouds and you lose a piece of navigation equipment mm. or, your, or your artificial horizon? How are you going to fly the plane if you don't know which way is up? Those are the things that good pilots know how to deal with. Bad pilots don't. Uh, you know, JFK, by the way, died because he basically, when he flew out over water at night, uh, and there were no lights, there was no moon, there were no stars, and he couldn't see any lights because he was over water. He basically became spatially disoriented, literally didn't know which way was up, and just flew the plane that's called a graveyard spiral, and the and the uh, the radar track shows exactly. It's, and it's the most common thing, by the way, is when you don't know which way is up and you don't mm-hmm. know how to fly an instrument, you wind up. In, and <laughs> interesting, by the way, uh, I would go up, uh, we would go up. Uh, I went away to a, a flight school sometime, and and the guy with me was an airline pilot, and he had, and he, we got these goggles, they're blinder goggles, and he said to the airline pilot, "All right, put your goggles on so you can't see out the window, you can't see the instruments." 
and the plane is straight and level, I want you to take over, and I want to see how long you can hold this plane straight and level with no visual wow. reference. Wow. You know how long he was able to hold the plane straight? And this is an airline pilot, 6,000 hours. Ex-military, you know how long? 30 you know, seconds? He, uh, 20. 20, okay. 20 seconds. I was going to say, because you get so disoriented, you can't tell. You can't tell, and you, and you start to feel this stuff in your seat of your pants. Right. You start to make these little corrections. And then I tried it. I was good for 15 seconds. So a guy with 6,000 hours. Wow. Uh, wow. You know, if, if you don't know how to fly on an instrument. So, 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 you know, back to the whole you know point of you calling in the first place is we've now got airlines saying, wait a minute, if you're Joe, if you're a straight white male, we're not hiring you. We've got to find somebody other than you or, or anybody else that might be qualified, Joe, that's a straight white male. The reality is th- this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, you want, if you're an airline, you want the absolute best you can find. You never want you never want second best. You never want third best. You want the the I very mean, best. You let can me have Joe. My question earlier: Have airplanes become so sophisticated that a guy playing video games can fly it? It doesn't make any difference anymore. Or did I miss something? Well, again, John, when everything is going right, yes, a guy playing video games can program the autopilot and fly the plane. But God help you if something malfunctions. And, John, you've been around mechanical equipment yep, long enough. sure have. Stuff malfunctions. So it's how do you handle the malfunction? What if you lose the autopilot? Can you hand-fly that, uh, that 26-ton mm-hmm. piece of metal, particularly if it's a multi-engine airplane? So let's say you have an electrical failure. Uh, you have one engine, which, by the way, uh, the one that went down in Sioux City, Iowa, about 20 years ago, uh, they lost a chunk of the engine. The engine took out a bunch of hydraulic and electrical lines. So here this guy's trying to fly with no hydraulics, no electric, and, and what's called asymmetrical thrust. He had power on one side, but no power on the other side. That takes skill. And if you can only do a video game, you're going to kill every single person on board if you can't handle that situation. So that's where the, where the training comes in. No, uh, you can't. And by the way, there was a crash in San Francisco about five years ago, a couple of Asian, I think Japanese pilots. Yep. And they were so poor. I read the accident report. I mean, it was clear weather. They came in and they basically landed. The, the runway extended out over the water and they basically mm-hmm. come in and clipped the seawall. Yep. Hit and right they into landed, it. You know, they, they clipped the seawall. You know, they had the nose of the airplane on the runway, but right. the wheels didn't make it. Right. Hit and the landing gear. Yeah. And they had disengaged the autopilot. And these guys had so little, it's called hand flying. They didn't know how to fly the plane. Didn't know how to fly yep. the plane without the autopilot. And I forget, I think a couple of people died. They got run over by the crash trucks, run over. But people died, and it ruined a, a multimillion-dollar plane because they couldn't hand-fly a plane in right. clear weather. Right, right. It's just, just ridiculous. So, so, so you know, where we're going with this is, and what my point of this is, is this new wokeism, not just in that industry or that area of life, Joe, but in lots of others. If if we're not careful and we don't pay attention to this, it's going to start killing people. It really is. No, it is. It's, it's the dumbest thing I ever heard of. And as a pilot holding myself to the highest standards and people I fly with, I can't imagine saying, yeah, we're going to take the number fourth or number fifth guy in the list because the number number one. Because the three guys, guys above them are white, straight males. Yeah, uh, ridiculous. It's the Absolutely. dumbest thing ever. Yeah. So and so question for you, because you're, you're in this world. How do passengers, like the rest of us that are out here listening, and you are one at times as well, because uh, you fly commercial from time to time also, how do we push back against some of this nonsense you as know, passengers? I, you know, I, I, as pass, I don't know how you do it as passengers. I mean, 
you know, as as a stockholder, you could write letters to the CEOs and, and whatnot, or even if you're not, you can say, I'm, you could write a letter to the CEO of Delta or, or say, this is dumb, and I'm, if this is your policy, I'm going to try my damnedest to not fly in your airline because I refuse to fly in an airline mm-hmm. that lowers its standards, uh, its piloting standards, just for the sake of uh, whatever they want. Yeah, to and call then it. that's my point. I think the more people that would do things along those lines are, hey, I'm not going to buy your stock, I'm not going to fly on your airline, all these different things, if they were flooded, inundated, literally with you know tens of thousands or millions of emails and letters, you know, it might make a difference, Joe. But, John, those, that's a story you won't hear on the news. Um, of course not. You know, so because it, it fits their narrative, they they love that. That's what they want, right? And so the, the the you know people talk about the media cabal. The media cabal will only tell you things they want you to hear about. Now you might hear that story on Fox, but you're not going to hear it on CBS, NBC, CBS, and certainly not on CNN or MSNBC. So 98 percent of the American public are going to know nothing about this decision by the airlines. Hmm. Therefore, they'll never get the flood of letters, True. and they'll. The American flying public will be fat, dumb, and happy, True. just assuming that the pilots up front were the best they could find. Um, you know, it's Even though they may very well not be. Uh, Probably won't be, given this particular policy. Right. And, and by the way, John, there's also a show on the Smithsonian Channel called Air Disasters, which I'm yes. a regular... Yeah, I've watched that. Yes. Um, and if you look, the vast majority of these cataclysmic crashes where, you know, the, everybody on board dies, pilot error. Right. Pilots get sloppy. Right. They didn't do the checklist. They forgot to lower the flaps before they went on the takeoff roll. Uh, they forgot to check something. Uh, <laughs> well, Dan always, you know, my co- co-host Dan, he used to always tell me that the uh, the worst pilots, and sorry if I'm offending anybody, I don't mean to, but he always used to say the worst pilots are doctors and lawyers because their ego gets ahead of them. Yep, and you know, um, that is true, and of course I belong to an aircraft owner's organization, and we have an incredible number of, of uh, doctors and lawyers who are members. Um, and when I look back, we don't have a lot of fatal accidents. We get one or two a year out of my owner's group. And we're probably talking 2,000 aircraft in this particular. Just like, John, you belong to a Corvette club, I'm right. sure. Uh, you know, I belong to a particular aircraft owner's group with about 2,000 members. And we lose about two members a year. Mm. And I'm going to say the majority of the time it's a doctor or a lawyer. Then you, you mm. look at this and you say, what was he thinking? Their what ego gets ahead thinking? of him. Uh, in fact, I'll give you a sad one. If you want to hear a sad story, you got time for Yeah, a sad go ahead. Story? Yeah, we got a couple minutes. Go ahead. Um, a doctor, thanks, a couple of years ago, Thanksgiving weekend, a guy flies from, I think, North Carolina. He's got a condo down in Destin, Florida, right in the Panhandle, yep. right on the yeah, right where it is. Beach. Yep. Drops his wife off and says, "Honey, I'm going to fly over to uh, Houston to pick up your 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 mother and father and bring them back because we're going to spend Thanksgiving here at our condo in Destin." Well, when he left, first of all, had he looked at the weather, it would have said, "By the time you get back, the Destin Beach Airport is going to be fogged in, you know, dense fog, mm-hmm. zero zero." He goes to flies to Houston, you know, 90 minutes, picks him up, flies back. Um, the weather was what's called below minimums. In other words, it's so bad you can't legally even attempt to land. He attempts to land and flies it into the ocean, you know, wow. into the water, a couple hundred yards shy of the beach. Now, the sad thing is the five miles inland, there was another airport that was in the clear because wow. this was like the ocean wow. fog. He could have simply called on his radio, could have called the FBO yep. and said, hey, if my wife is there. Tell her to go to the other airport. Her. 
tell her we're diverting yep. and would she could, and by the time they got there she would have been there everybody would have been had turkey mm. the next day for dinner but this ego yep no i'm a good pilot i can land yep. in zero zero weather yep and it was just ego it killed, yep. he killed himself and his passengers yep. because of his ego uh, the, you know the rules aren't meant for me so well unfortunately that's an even playing field because they're meant for everyone in that case joe as you know. Good hey, stuff, uh, man. Appreciate it, as hey. always. Always a joy to talk to you. John and Cheyenne, hang tight. We'll take a break. Come right back. Talk to you. American National Insurance is next. And Paul Lewinberger wants to help you with all of your insurance needs. He'll save you money at the same time. He's my agent, so give him a call today. 303-662-0789. Every time you use insurance, it costs you down the road. Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance rewards you when you make responsible decisions. When times get tough, the first thing people want to do is cut their coverage. Cut back too much, and it'll cost you more than you thought you were saving. Paul Lewinberger's rebate program incentivizes you to delay gratification. When you don't make a claim for three years, you'll get a rebate. He'll make sure you're properly covered so that when you need to make a claim, you'll have what you need to be made financially whole again. When you're reliable, Paul Lewinberger gives you some money back. When you're facing economic hardship or otherwise, get properly insured with Paul. You'll get a return on the money you invested in your financial stability. Work with Paul Lewinberger. Call 303-662-0789. Call Paul at 303-662-0789 for home and auto insurances that save you down the road. Michael Bailey Law, he is our mobile estate planner. Call him today. Make sure your estate is all dialed in. 720-394-6887. Follow the Michael Bailey philosophy to enjoy this day. Do the thing you don't want to do first. Every day, Michael does whatever he doesn't want to do first. Then he no longer has to do it. Michael enjoys his days. Right now, you can enjoy the rest of your day by calling Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner then you will no longer need to think about what will happen to your stuff after you die. So go ahead, enjoy your day. Call KLZ's mobile estate planner, Michael Bailey, right now. Does your life seem hectic? Do you live paycheck to paycheck? Do you have trouble achieving your goals? John Rush can help you get your personal affairs in order by using his 40 years of knowledge and experience in the business, nonprofit, and coaching worlds. Your business or career is an extension of your daily life, and without success in your daily life, you can't make lasting improvements to your business, your nonprofit, or your career. Get your personal and or professional life dialed in with guidance from John Rush who is a small business owner and business slash life consultant. This unique offering gives you the chance to learn inside secrets of executive functioning directly from a successful professional and thought leader. The help you will gain in the planning of your personal affairs from John Rush is invaluable, especially if you own your own business. Remember, your business is an extension of you. Email John now to learn how he can help you. John at RushMediaInc.com. That's John at RushMediaInc.com. Get your life back today. Live and local, back to Rush to Reason. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. John and Cheyenne, you're next. What's going on, sir? Hey, uh, uh, two things on to back up what Joe is saying. If you got time, Stossel did a beautiful piece on why we have a pilot shortage. Mm, I did. I've not seen that. I need to. I need to watch that. Yeah, and guess whose fault it is. Well, I'm guessing the government's. Oh, John, 
really, it is. They made a change which created havoc, and the airlines are saying, you've made it harder for us to hire because you just, you know, the unintended consequences of um, the, the mommy state, you know what I mean. Yeah, that, you know, between that, the vaccine, and other things that they've done, yeah, it's, it's government oh, yeah. that does this. You're, you're, I, that was an easy answer. <laughs> yeah, but... If you get a chance to see that stuff, I will do that. No, no. Now, now that you've Fiber. piqued my interest, I will do that. We had a great question that came in too, and John, maybe you know a little bit more than I on this. Yeah. I don't have a direct answer on this. I was going to ask Joe, but I let him go too soon. How do we, as passengers climbing on a plane, know the you know the tenure of that pilot? Oh, you you could tell just by look. You know, like I know my wife tells me she never worries about going to Europe because one of the three pilots that are on the plane, because they have to have three because they fly more than eight hours down mm-hmm. to Europe. Um, is that crusty old guy with the, you know, with the uh, 50 mission bomber crush to his hat, and he's been flying for the airlines and probably came out of the yeah. military. Yeah, he's and the dude you want with you. In, he's the one, you know, and then usually there's two younger ones mm-hmm. that are, you know, there with him. They're learning off, from him. Second officer. But, yeah, that's the other thing. Even though he's the captain, he's still, and he's not an instructor, he's still teaching them. Sure he is. Sure he is. That's the way every job is. Okay, so that's great for those long-haul flights. What what about the short, you know, I'm going to go to Phoenix and back, and you don't know who you're going to get? Because, you know, no offense, John, once those wheels leave the ground, you're at risk. Yep. And you can pretty much, usually the cockpit doors open. Right. And I know it, my wife's airline, which is American, the, uh, Pilots usually in the cockpit getting the plane ready while the first officer's around doing what Joe was talking about, doing the outside inspection, right, right. safety inspection, the walk around. And, you know, they, he's right. You see those guys. They'll take 20, 25 minutes, and he'll be out there while you're boarding usually. Right, and then he'll walking around. You can watch him. You can watch out the window if you're, if you're close enough. Yeah, and then the other thing is how many times do you have your half you're boarded, and then they say, well, we've got a little issue. I'm waiting on maintenance. These guys, even the the less experienced ones, they don't want to die either. True. So they're not going to fly something that's unsafe. What we're concerned about, you, me, and everybody else, is you want that guy like you you brought up, Sully, somebody with that kind of experience that when everything goes Yeah, when when both engines are out after you just took off and there's no way to get back to the airport, who's flying? Right. Um, yeah, because I want that guy, John. Want? Yeah, that's the guy I want, too. Yeah. But, so what happens, I know, like at American, they all start at American Eagle. Mm-hmm. They're fresh out. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting, what Joe said, the right seat. They're sitting in the co-pilot seat. And they've been trained. They know how to fly that plane. But they're sitting next to somebody with way more experience. And they're just there to build hours. And as openings, they work their way up to what they call from the regional jets to the mainline jets. But a guy, if you're going long haul, like say we're going to Hawaii, those guys have been flying. They're not sticking a guy fresh out of training no. at triple seven. Well, first of all, those are those are desired routes that guys want to fly, so you don't just hand those out anyways. Right. So what they're doing mostly is the the short haul stuff, like Joe said, Denver, Chicago, Denver, Dallas, Dallas, right. Phoenix, right. Denver, Phoenix. Those are the younger guys that are just out there to build up their hours. They're learning, and it's usually, and it's usually either a seven thirty seven or an Airbus A three twenty or A three twenty one, depending on which one they use. Right. Um, 
and they're smaller planes, and they're just learning, and it's the experience. But my daughter, who's uh, in a naval air wing, she, she's been in Navy 18 years, she was telling me that a lot of the pilots that have said they've had enough and are leaving the Navy, they're not going to commercial because they, you know, maybe they're making $60,000 a, a year as a lieutenant commander or major in the Air Force, and they go and they want to go to a commercial airline, and they get said, yeah, we're going to stick you in the right seat on a regional jet because you got to work your way up, and uh, we're going to pay you thirty-five or forty grand a year. They're like, no, they're going to UPS, um, FedEx, DHL, all those because they don't have to have the same amount of hours to fly. Com- they're commercial planes, but they don't have to carry passengers. Hmm. So a lot of your military pilots are going there, and they're getting paid well right out of the military. Yeah, good point. And somebody, and somebody asked, by the way, a moment ago, and I'll, I'll make this quick, John. Somebody asked a moment ago, who do we find out yep. what airlines are that are doing that? I'll do some investigative work and get back to everybody on that. This first article was about England's airlines, but the reality right. is it's happening here in the U.S. as we speak. John, i got to run. Thanks. Always a great, uh, a good- great, t- great talking to you. I really appreciate it. Great information. As I meant to say, Roofmax is up next. Dave Hart. And anything you need when it comes to your roof, especially some of these storms we've been through, get Dave out, have your roof inspected. And as I always say, do not call the adjuster or the insurance company until you have Dave look at your roof first. That is the step-by-step process. Dave first, everybody else second. 303-710-6916. You can also find Dave at RushToReason.com. When you replace your roof now, you're getting less and paying more. Instead of replacing your roof, get a rejuvenate with Dave Hart from RoofMax. Shingles made 15 years ago were thicker and tougher than what's on the market today. Quality materials has gone down, meaning you consistently pay more for the bare minimum. The existing material quality of your roof is probably better now than what you could get on a reasonable budget brand new. Get more life out of your roof with RoofMax. Maintain the longevity of your roof with the patented resin treatment from RoofMax so you can pay less over time. The expert installation of the RoofMax treatment adds a minimum of five guaranteed years to your roof, giving you more time with the investment you already made buying the house in the first place. Call Dave Hart with RoofMax at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. The only recommended roof rejuvenation on KLZ 560 AM. This isn't rage radio. This is real, relatable radio. Back to Rush to Reason. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Kurt Rogers will be joining me here at the top of the hour. So if you have any mortgage questions or just even general housing questions, please give us a call. We'd love to chat with you here in a few minutes. You can text us as well, 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. And don't forget our main line, 303-477-5600. But Hour 3 will be next. This is the end of Hour 2. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Kurt Rogers joining me here in just one moment. We will be right back. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.